It's 2011. I am a 19-year-old specialist returning from a year-long deployment in Afghanistan. We are demobbing through uh, Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, taking buses from there to Des Moines for our various coming home ceremonies. Even before boarding the buses, people are thinking about being reunited with their families and are being overwhelmed, breaking down, and crying. I'm a very rational person and decide that that is nonsense. Why would I cry when this is a culmination of a year's long worth of work? This is the happiest part of my deployment. I am not crying. We have five or six buses take off, and uh, as we're going down the road, we have people getting out of their cars on the side of the road or on overpasses, waving at all of the soldiers. Um, we have the Patriot Guard riders join us, the, the motorcycle crew that's just vets, and they want to make sure that we have a, a good coming home ceremony. They form two columns in front of us, escorting us. Um, we pass the exit that I would take to get to my dad's house, the house I grew up in. I can visualize it as I see that gravel road. Um, as we get closer and closer to Des Moines, we have state troopers that are blocking off the entrance ramp so that we are unhindered by traffic. Um, all these little micro ideas that are just so supportive, but uh, I'm not crying, okay? It's a rule. And uh, as we're getting closer, I'm looking out the window at, uh, of course, a cornfield. And uh, I noticed that when I'm looking out, the cornfield is planted perpendicular to the interstate. So for that millisecond, I can see all the way down, like half a mile down every row. And they just flip by really quickly. And I mean, you're all familiar with it. And uh, it dawned on me that I forgot that happened, that I had been gone for a year, and I forgot that the cornfields did that. And uh, I ugly cried. <laughs> Like, that's what did it. All of these super supportive, welcoming acts in the cornfield? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I'm actually the oldest of five, five girls. Um, usually there's something along the lines of, oh, your poor dad. Um, we're awesome. He is absolutely spoiled to have had us. He's lucky. He really couldn't have done better. Please don't pity him. Um, <laughs> But like I said, I'm the oldest. I joined the Army uh, National Guard in 2009. I'm 27 currently. The next one is Chelsea. She's 26 and joined in 2010. A Little bit of a gap, and then we've got Cree. She joined about two years ago. She's gone through her basic and her individual training already. And then there's 17-year-old twins, Madison and Morgan, and uh, they are seniors in high school, and will go to basic this summer. Um, three of them are there. I'm gonna take this opportunity. The three young women that look like they're gonna hurt me. Thank you. They asked for a volunteer and I had to do it, so I, you know. Um, but even in high school, I wasn't quite sure about being in the military. Um, we're not exactly a military family. Um, we have a grandfather who enlisted during Vietnam, but I mean, other than that, we don't have a whole lot of service in the last 50 years. So it's something very new for my family. Um, and I had thought about it a lot. Um, I did track and cross country in school, so I'm, I was a runner, um, physically fit. I have been hunting since I was 10, like a lot of Iowans. I went through hunter safety, so I'm not gonna blow a foot off. I mean, from a civilian perspective, that's all I needed, right? To transition to the Army. Um, I actually continued to think about it, even going into college, I hadn't quite decided, I couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger, I couldn't make myself do it because it was just such an unknown. Um, so I started off at a uh, private college, running about 32 grand a year. Um, and uh, my parents have this lovely little idea that um, all five of us are expected to get degrees and they're going to pay for none of it. 
so very quickly that September when um, the bill hit my account, I just called a recruiter. I just couldn't deal with that. Um, I decided to forego my second semester to go to basic and AIT. Um, and while I was at my individual training, I was informed that I would be deploying upon returning. So uh, quite a culture shock. I got home and I think I had two, three months to readjust to civilian life before being gone for a year. Um, at my going aware ceremony, my family, of course, was all there. Um, and they were wearing these red shirts. So uh, red for remember everyone deployed. So it's kind of a program that on Fridays you wear a red shirt to remember those people that are still separated from their families because of their service. Um, my family wore red shirts, but theirs had my name on them. <laughs> Miranda Plagan Cool. I had to claim them. So all of them stood there and uh, I, it was a lot of fanfare. There were thousands of us deploying at the same time. So it was new to my family, all these formations and uniforms and, and cameras. It was crazy. I remember a picture of the, the twins, eight years old. I had my arm easily around their neck. They're just so small. Um, and we're just smiling. Like, I mean, I'm about to leave for a year and we're smiling. Um, it's in very stark contrast to the deployment that my sister went on a couple of years later. Um, we weren't smiling then. We, uh, they knew exactly how hard that next year was going to be. Um, when I first got into Afghanistan, it was uh, a little bit of sensory overload. So I'm from the small farm town of Fredericksburg, 900 people. Um, you know, gravel roads and, and got truck stop on Main Street to like talk to each other through the window. Uh, typical farm town. And then they put me on Bagram, Afghanistan. So, uh, you know, tens of thousands of people. There were German and Polish and French, all kinds of people just speaking their own languages like it didn't matter. Um, convoys rumbling by at all times of the night. We slept. My bunk was about 200 meters from where they uh, had the F-15s going off. Um, it was a lot. It was sensory overload. I had trained for three months for all of these different crazy, bizarre situations. I was so ready to prove myself. I wanted to take everything in. I wanted to be prepared every single second I was there. It was a lot. It was exhausting. After a couple of weeks, I had to have that discussion with myself about you know, what I could and couldn't, couldn't, couldn't control. Um, and uh, finally get into a routine, calm myself down. And uh, with that routine, things kind of got repetitive too. Um, you see the same 50 or 60 people where you're deployed. You bunk with them. You share an office with them. You work out with them. If you have recreation time, it's with the same people. Um, even days that you would expect to be different, like Christmas, get up, go to work. We uh, had President Obama visit, get up, go to work, see him later. Um, we shot Osama bin Laden while I was in Afghanistan. Apparently there were like crazy, like American flag parades around here, college kids going crazy. Nope, get up, go to work. Even when we would take contact, you know, you'd hear the boom of a mortar and it was, okay, well you have to go to work. So um, one of the main things that kept me going through all of that kind of mundaneness was my sisters. Um, at the time, like I said, the majority of them were very young, and when I would get letters from them, they would be brightly colored construction paper with just gaudy stickers and glitter and dog drawings on the back. And I mean, like I said, the three were young, so the, when I read it, it wasn't exactly straight penmanship, but it was a little rough. Um, but that was in stark contrast to the size 12 aerial font that I worked with every single day. Um, I still remember 
Skyping with them and having my parents sit in front of the computer and the three youngest bouncing around behind them, pushing each other out of the way, trying to see me. They bring in a farm cat, show me. This is Pickles the Eighth. Is important. Hear dad in the background, take it outside. <laughs> Typical. Um, but after I got back and a few years later when Korean joined, uh, the third one, I realized that we could have all five of us in. And the twins, being the youngest, um, had always gone through school being the plague and ghoul sisters, the last two plague and ghoul sisters. Thank God, get them out. Um, felt like they were overshadowed a little bit. They did cross country, we all did cross country, that kind of thing. So I sat down with them individually and had a discussion um, about how if they didn't want to join, they didn't need to. That it was important that when they join, they join because they want to, not because they feel bullied into it. Um, I mean, if they're the only one out of the five, we're gonna make fun of them. <laughs> it's just, it's really sibling law though. I mean, we would have to, but um, I did have that discussion with them and uh, Morgan had been asking since my going away ceremony, eight years old, how old she had to be to join. So she was, she was a shoo-in. Um, Madison, however, I was a little more concerned about and she looked at me and snorted and said, I don't wanna pay for college. So the five of us joined. Um, even as they were going through that process, um, having eight years in at the time myself, I tried to guide them, push them towards a certain unit, a certain job, anything like that. I would contact their recruiter directly, um, anything I could do to help my sisters out. And uh, even when they, I felt strongly one way or the other, they would still do their own thing. And so when they did join, it was 100% on their own terms. It was because they wanted to be in, they were doing a job that they wanted to do. Um, in a location that they felt comfortable with, and uh, I really respected them for that. To see that transition um, from my little sister was a big deal. Um, and that was one of the main things that I've been getting out of this the last couple years, is that uh, we were always close as like five sisters, um, but we still had those sister issues, like we had a farmhouse, so it was one bathroom with half a dozen women. So there was you know, a mad dash when we had to leave because no one had gone into the bathroom and showered and done their hair, and steal each other's clothes and hide them under a mattress and all of those typical sister things. Um, now when we see each other, we're able to value our time a lot more. We're not gonna use those petty examples and hold grudges anymore. We understand that we're all at different points in our career and um, that it's more important than those smaller things. Uh, we've even been able to help each other out. We have a sister Snapchat group. Um, Actually, Madison had an issue. She had questions about acronyms. And if you know one thing about the Army, they love acronyms. And they very rarely make sense. You just have to learn them. Um, but she had a question about an acronym she was unfamiliar with, so she snapped it. She got answers. Um, I had to go to a conference and plan the purification and storage of water for the entire exercise. And I have a sister that's a water purification specialist. So she got a lot of questions from me. So we've been able to rely on each other and create this mini network within our family. Um, I put people that I've served with on the same level. You know, I could have served with them for a couple few years and I'll put them on the same level as people I've known for 25 that I grew up with. There's just a camaraderie there that you feel. And I am, I, if I see them again in 10 years, I'm gonna still feel the same way. Um, and to have that with my sisters ingrained and to have us grow into adulthood in that very similar manner is something I could not have seen coming. Um, so overall, the military has continued to allow us to grow individually and together and affect us not just professionally or academically or financially, um, but has helped develop us as an entire family unit. Thank you.